so much for tuning into the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Lisa Sumlin, who will be talking about diabetes and how she helps those who suffer. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention estimates that as of 2015, 30.3 million Americans, which is 9.4% of the population, have diabetes and 84 million are pre-diabetic. The American Diabetes Association says that diabetes is the seventh leading cause of death in the United States as of 2015. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lisa. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I have been practicing. I'm a. I'm very much similar to a nurse practitioner. However, my specialty is diabetes. So I focus on diabetes along with the chronic complications such as hypertension, uh, high cholesterol that goes along with diabetes. I have been practicing now for the last 15 years or so uh, when it comes to diabetes management. I also have a PhD in nursing, and so I also teach diabetes management to nursing students so they can go out and help others. Wow, that's awesome. Thank you. Congratulations on all of that. Thank you. Um, So do you want to go ahead and talk about what diabetes is? Yes. So we have two different types of diabetes, but the one that is most popular or most of the diabetic population is, is going to be type 2 diabetes. 90% of the population, 90 to 95% actually have type 2 diabetes. And what that is, is the pancreas, which produces insulin, Insulin is what is used to get sugar into the cells in our body. So every tissue in our body is made up of cells. And so the insulin goes to each of the cells. It opens it up and allows sugar to go in. And your cells would function normally or properly with sugar. So what happens with diabetes is something goes wrong with the pancreas to where with type 2 Uh, People are no longer making enough insulin to get to all of the cells to open up to let the sugar in, or the insulin that they have is not working properly. Okay. Um, So do you want to talk about the other type as well? Sure. So with type 1 diabetes, what happens is the pancreas stops producing insulin altogether. So with that particular population, it could be due to viruses, a lot of times they cannot figure out why a type 1 diabetes occur, but there's many different reasons. Like I said, they could be a virus, it could be medications. So there's different things that can lead to where the pancreas no longer produces insulin anymore. And so for that population, they do have to use insulin injections in order to survive. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, What made you decide to become a diabetes expert and help those who are suffering with diabetes? Oh, boy. Let's see. So I I started in nursing um, when I first became an RN. I started out on a medical surgical unit. And on that unit, if I was to have seven patients, five of them ended up having diabetes complications. Oh, wow. And so this was reoccurring on a regular basis, and I, you know, it started to, I started to wonder, okay, so what is going on? Why is it that I'm seeing so many people that are in the hospital because of diabetes complications? And most of the times, those patients were of minority descent, so that they were either African-American or Hispanic. 
And so that really started to pique my interest because I kept feeling like I needed to do something so that I can help people not be in a hospital because of diabetes complications. And so that triggered me to go back to get my master's degree in nursing. And again, that's when I started to focus more on diabetes management. And I practiced and continued on to to obtain my PhD, also focusing on uh, diabetes management, particularly in the minority population. That's awesome. Um, I didn't realize that that many people would be hospitalized with diabetes. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. Unfortunately, because of diabetes, we see a lot of people going to kidney failure, amputations, heart disease. Unfortunately, diabetes affects every single part of the body because of what it does to the blood. It kind of thickens the blood and so that it doesn't flow like it normally should. And so body parts start to lack oxygen and nutrients because the blood flow is not well. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. That's good mm-hmm. to know. You touched on this a little bit, but does everyone who has diabetes automatically have to take insulin? No, no. Typically, type 2 diabetes, they will start off with pills for medication. And oftentimes, people can manage it with diet and exercise and maybe one PO medication, one pill to kind of help manage them. But we do have to keep in mind that every year, even though people may be doing exactly what they need to do with exercise and eating healthy, unfortunately, every year our body declines in function. And so a lot of times people will end up, and this could be years though, it could be many, many years before people end up on insulin. So those are for our type 2 diabetics. Okay. Do other diseases put people at a higher risk of developing diabetes? (sighs) Yes, it does. You got to keep in mind what really causes type 2 diabetes uh, particularly, and that's going to be lifestyle as well as stress. So stress stress can be a real killer. (laughs) (laughs) But what stress does is it releases cortisol in in the body, and that increases body fat, particularly in the stomach. So when you have that coming into play, other illnesses, like if you already have high blood pressure, you know, not too long after you might see type 2 diabetes come along. Depression. Depression is a risk factor for people developing type 2 diabetes. So yes, there are other diseases that can lead to it, but think of all of the diseases that are lifestyle related. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. How are patients tested for diabetes? Okay. So with testing to see if you have diabetes, there's going to be two different tests that can be used. One is going to be a hemoglobin A1C, and that is a blood test that you actually go to a lab and you get your labs and your blood drawn. And that particular number tells us what the average blood sugar has been over the previous three months. Okay. So we can look at that value or we can also look at fasting blood sugars. So once the fasting blood sugars hit over 100, you can be between one up to 126, you're going to be in that pre-diabetic range. Once you hit over 126, then you are, you are considered diabetic. Okay. Is there any way to reverse that? 
Reversal, really don't use that term a lot, but what can happen is that the blood sugars go to normal range. Okay. Which is which is awesome. When you can get someone where they're so controlled that their blood sugars look normal. The trick is though, you have to remind patients that yes, your numbers are normal, but you cannot go back to eating and your lifestyle cannot go back to the way it was because the numbers will go high again. Right. Okay. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a lifestyle um change. There are a lot of surgeries that are out right now, like weight loss surgeries, again, the numbers are going to normal values, but the person still has to be mindful that as soon as they change their eating habits or or lifestyle behaviors, they can easily convert right back to where the blood sugars are high again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, Does having family members who have diabetes put you at an increased risk? This is always a tricky question. (laughs) And it's tricky because a lot of people feel that it's, it's a genetic link. Now, in some cases it is. However, it's, you have to look at the lifestyle of the family generations past. So if in the past, everyone in the family ate the same way, then yes, you're going to be at risk for diabetes also. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So if there is no genetic link, though, you do not have to end up with diabetes. It's, it's, a, it's the lifestyle of the families throughout the generation. So if we can change the way the current generation eat and being healthy as far as exercising, any impact from previous generations, we can, you can nullify it where you're not, it's not an expectation that you're going to develop diabetes just because, you know, your aunt Jane had it, that you're automatically going to get it. It doesn't mean that. And so we really have to get out of that mindset that you're automatically going to get it just because you had relatives that had it. Yeah, that's definitely good to know. Yes. Do you want to talk about any of your publications um, as a diabetes expert? Uh, Sure. I have had a number of journal publications, but more recently I have also written a book. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. And uh, that book is called The Struggle is Real, and it's about diabetes management. Now, the book the focus is in the title I have, it's focused on women. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason why I did that is because we still, in all ethnicities, women are still the people who kind of go grocery shopping and prepare meals. Yeah. So my thought process was, okay, if we can target the women to change the eating habits of the whole entire family, then you are impacting generations to come to prevent diabetes. Yeah, that's great. However, the book is for anyone. There are so many tips within the books that kind of just helps with just everyday eating habits. And even in eating out at restaurants, like an example of a tip is, you know, instead of trying to eat the entire meal, 
find someone to share that meal with or, you know, take half of it home and eat it for lunch the next day. That way you're kind of cutting down the carbs as well as your as well as your calories, but you can still enjoy a nice meal out. Yeah, that's a great tip. Yes. So I have a lot of tips in there. Um, another tip that people tend to like is, you know, when you're going to a big social event, mm-hmm. wear tight, wear tighter clothes. When you wear tighter clothes, the more you eat, the tighter the clothes will fit. And then you tend to eat less because you're very uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a great tip too. (laughs) 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 Do you have some frequently asked questions about diabetes for patients? Yes. When people are diagnosed initially with, uh, with type 2 diabetes, the biggest concern is food. A lot of people feel that if they have diabetes, they can no longer enjoy their family meals, the family get-togethers. They feel like they're going to be ostracized from the family. And the one thing as providers, what we we are starting to realize more and more is that we cannot tell people to change everything that they eat, eat a pretty bland diet, and expect people to stick to that or be happy with that. Mm-hmm. And so what I try to tell people or educate people is that you don't have to give up your cultural foods because a lot of times when you have cultures that are very food focused, their identity is, is tied into the foods that they eat. And so for me to come and say, well, no, you don't have to give up all of your cultural foods, you know, they get very excited. It's just that we have to learn how to manage things on the plate so that you're not impacting blood sugars as much. And people kind of perk up after that particular piece of information. So, but the food is usually the number one question that is asked because they're so concerned. Do I have to give up my identity because I have diabetes? Do you get questions about diabetes medication? Ah, yes. So another popular question about diabetes medication is, do I have to be on this medication for the rest of my life? (laughs) (laughs) And it really depends on the person. I have patients who are very, very diligent about what they're eating, exercising, and they do come off of their medications. It is possible. And they get their blood sugars within normal range, and they just keep up their good heating, eating habits and exercising, and they can come off the medications. For others, it's, it's much more challenging. It's hard to stick with the proper eating, the exercise, and it's, it's just really tough for some folks. And so those, uh, that particular group of people will tend to stay on medications. And then sometimes you have those who are really struggling and you have to add more medications on. We have a number of classes when it comes to diabetes management. So you can have, a person can have up to seven, eight, nine different pills to manage their diabetes. Mm -hmm. So for those guys, uh, it's going to be much more of a challenge because you have to take away the medication one at a time. But, you know, I always try to offer hope because if people continue to work on it, they can. They can. You can one of the amount of medication you take down. Okay. Do you often get questions about side effects of medication? 
Yes, I do. The concern becomes if I take this medication, what other side effects that you're going to have? And what I usually tell people is you got to remember medications, because it's a foreign thing that's going inside your body, there's going to be side effects. It's yeah, very few, you know, there's very few medications that doesn't cause a lot of side effects. And so we got to remember that they're going, because it's something foreign you're putting in your body. This is not, when we take a pill, that's not something that our body already makes. Yeah. So your body has to get used to it and there's going to be side effects. And so we always try to educate patients on the side effects of the medications, oh, how many people tend to, to actually have the, the side effects, and then people can make an informed decision whether they want to take it or not. What piece of advice do you want to give listeners? It would probably be, there's hope. Even if you are diagnosed with diabetes, there is hope uh, of living a long, happy life, but it's just going to take more work. And I usually just try to tell people, you know, if you develop uh, specifically type 2 diabetes, it's kind of a a wake-up call for people to say, hey, I haven't been doing things in a healthier way, so now it's time to change. How can someone show support for diabetes or someone suffering with diabetes? There are so many organizations that are targeting trying to come up with cures for diabetes. So you have the American Diabetes Association is a big one. And then you have also local chapters that are trying to help really decrease the effects of diabetes on the population. So you can always go in and Google uh, just diabetes and you can come up with a list, a long list of organizations that's trying to help people manage the diabetes that they have or find a cure. So, you know, that would really be lovely (laughs) sometimes in the near future. And, but yes, it's so many. I'm here in um, Texas, and so I actually am affiliated with several nonprofit organizations. So like for one of the organizations is Community Coalition for Health. That particular organization is actually helping the underserved population manage diabetes and try to prevent diabetes. So we actually go out into the communities and teach classes. Oh, wow, that's uh, great. Yes, yeah, so that's always a great one to support. You know, we're coming up on the holidays now, so that would be a great way to kind of give back. And if you just kind of go to my website at drlisasumlin.com, you can find some of those organizations there. Okay, awesome. Is there anything else you would like to discuss related to diabetes? Diabetes can really be, it can be a devastating diagnosis, but again, there is hope and it it can be managed. I really feel that one of my roles here on earth that God has placed me in is to help people to do that. Yeah, that's awesome. And then lastly, how can listeners connect with you? You can go to my website at drlisasumlin.com. You can also find me as well on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, uh, uh, LinkedIn. You can connect in any of those spheres. Just type in Dr. Lisa Sumlin. Okay. And I will include all that information in the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. 
Thank you so much for being a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast, providing education and awareness for diabetes. I enjoyed having you, Lisa. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah, you're welcome. If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening.